Woo! Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, well, as Jose was saying, I did labor in the Word today, or this week, but we're going we're gonna to condense it quite a bit after that one, because the Spirit's moving in a, in a certain direction. So we're going we're gonna to have a bit of a, a condensed service today, but, um, but it's good. It's good. Josh, can you just plop on the uh, computer and maybe get me the, uh, the keyboard? I didn't get a chance to, to get that. Um, yeah, if you can open up to 1 Timothy, this is not completely what I had planned, but it's what the Lord is doing. And, you know, from the bottom of all of our hearts as leaders, thank you so much for, for today. Um, it's good to know that you, you make a difference, and it's good to know that people care. And uh, there, are, there, there are times, you know, thank you, there are times when, um, I'm not going to fib, I mean, there are times where it's like, you know, it would be a lot easier not to do this, to be quite honest. Um, you know, people always, you know, I know, I've even heard people joke like, oh, you know, parishes don't have a real job, you know, and they work on Sunday mornings and that's it. Well, if it was, I mean, that would be really easy. Um, and look, man, sometimes, you know, when it rains, it pours. When people are going through things in community, uh, it's usually not one person that's going through it, right? There's a lot of different people. Um, and, you know, there are times when you just want to kind of, you know, in some regards, you know, you want to pack up the bags, you know. Uh, but then when you hear testimonies like you guys just gave, uh, particularly Brandon's, um, it's just so kingdom-focused, Amen makes it all, all worth it. Uh, and so, like I said, you know, we're going to do things quite different today. Uh, I just want to get into the Word a little bit, and this is kind of from my hip and some from my notes, but it's not really what I was going to teach on today. But, you know, Jose was speaking out of First uh, Timothy, um, and if you go to First Timothy chapter 5, uh, verse 1, <clears throat> It says, do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. Younger women as sisters. With all purity. And I think, you know, what we have here at this church, I really do believe, uh, is this family atmosphere. According to the New Testament principle, we're, we're not just a gathering, we're supposed to be a family. In fact, so much so that we are to look to each other as a family, right? Look to an older man as a father, a younger man as a brother, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters. And look, you know, there's a lot of different styles of church out there, and they all have their purpose. They really do. They really do. Um, but I really believe the Lord is calling us, this place, uh, to really be a place of being a family. And there's a lot of fatherless people out there. There's a lot of orphans out there. And this is going to be the challenge. i be honest, this is going to be the challenge. As this church grows, which many of us believe is the Lord's desire, we are going to have to really, through prayer and through action, Make sure we continue with this atmosphere that we have here. 
viewing each other as brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers. It's a lot easier to do that when you're like under 100 people. But once you get a little larger, right, other things start to distract. And look, this is what we have to do. So I want to just encourage all of you. Stop looking at one another if you are as just a fellow congregant or someone that you see on a Sunday morning. The scriptures tell us that we are to look to each other, literally and figuratively, as brothers, sisters, fathers, and mothers. That is the call. So, as Jose did very well, I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to teach the word create sound doctrine, to rebuke at times, and advise and counsel. But here's the thing. You guys have a responsibility too. Many, one right here, look to the older, father, the older men as fathers. The older women as mothers. So, do you treat the older men and the older women here like you would your mother or father. I just let it hang there. Do you view one another as a brother and a sister? Not some kind of spiritual wah-wah-wah brother, sister. No, you view each other as brothers and sisters. Are you engaged in that manner? That's a good word. Uh, and so, how am I going to do this, Lord? You know, let's, uh, let's just get into prayer for a moment. Just get a, a sense from the Lord of what to do. Yes, Lord, just come. Thank you for your spirit here. Thank you for your love that is here, Lord. We just want to glory and honor you. Everything, Lord, everything we do... And everything that was testified today is to bring honor to your name. Amen? Amen. All right. So with that, let's, uh, let's, let's get into the word a little bit here. Um, so the Lord is impressing upon my heart, and I think it has a connection, deep connection to what was just being done today. And that is the concept of uh, watching trees grow. <laughs> I mean, interesting kind of uh, thing here, but... Um, um, The Lord, the Lord, when he leaves, says that, hey, he's coming back. He's coming back quickly, which in itself is a, a funny kind of statement because it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been a real long time. Um, and so let me find what I'm doing here. Right, we're family, right? <laughs> Second Peter chapter 3. It's, 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 it's amazing what the... It's so amazing what the Lord does, all right? Second Peter, verse 3, verse 8 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, okay? One day unto the Lord is like a thousand, right? This is... This is, the, the Lord kind of is on a different timetable, people's get, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I was looking at some stuff, uh, and uh, I, I came across 
an element of this that really spoke to me. This guy right here, his name is Otto von Bismarck. He's like the first president, if you will, of Germany in the year 1871, okay? So those of you that are aware, Italy and both Germany are really kind of like newer countries, actually. And uh, he takes over and really unifies all these tribes in Germany. And he goes to one of his generals and he says, uh, is there anything left in life worth experiencing? Look what we did. We just nationalized and unified all these German tribes and we have our own nation. And his general, which I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with, his general, you know, responds and says, well, yes, your excellency, watching a tree grow. It's a, a humbling thing. You just unified a country. You just created a country. Is there anything, any, anything more exciting than that? Well, yes, the simple things. And I want to encourage you, especially with a day like today, we, we really, really need to not always be setting our eyes on the future, but we need to stop and watch the spiritual trees grow in our community. Right? We need to hear these testimonies of what people are, are, are what's happening to their lives and how their lives are being transformed, and how they're being changed. I mean, those things, I'm going to be honest, man, hearing a testimony, testimonies that we heard today is better than growing this church to a 1,000 people. There is, like, no doubt. Just being real, I'm throwing this out into the spiritual atmosphere. I'd rather be a church this size and seeing people really transformed. Not that people can't be transformed in a church of a 1,000. Amen. Praise God. Let it be so. But if I had to choose, I'd rather watch trees grow. The simple, beautiful, profound things. Amen? And so what I feel the Lord is saying here with all this is sometimes we're a little too focused. Uh, We're a little too focused on an external goal, a future event. And by doing that, we may in fact be missing the simple but profound things of life and in the spirit, things that we are hearing today. Um. The simple things often reveal the glory of the Lord even more than your intended goal. Okay? These testimonies of people's lives, I'm telling you, they are more profound. Watching a, a, strawberry, a strawberry ripen, in some regards, reveals the glory of the Lord more than watching a skyscraper be created. Let me give you a little example of this. The simple things often reveal the glory of the Lord even more than your, your intended goal. Let me just give an example here. I know all of us are all in different stages of life and we're all in different places, but you know, for, for many people, a, a goal in their life is to uh, purchase a home. Right, it's kind of like a common American goal. Um, and look, take a look at that scenario. And those of you who have a home, you remember when, when, when you're earlier in life that you're, you're looking to get a, a home. There's a focus of a desire to, to acquire something. But the simplicity of things that you may be missing out on is before you get the intended goal, in this circumstance, maybe buying a house. What are the things that are happening as you wait? These are the simple things that we take for granted. How many of you have a goal in life? Financial, physical, spiritual, emotional? 
If, you not, if you're not raising your hands, maybe that will be next week's sermon. Like, you should be having goals in your life, right? But look, to bring forth a goal, for example, of, of buying a house, there are things that happen, right? There's patience. There's hard work. There's j- diligence in going forward. What I'm saying here is those things, in this one silly example, those things are much more profound and important than the house. We want the house or we want the goal, but the process and the things that are learning in, to, to get there are much more valuable. The Bible has a lot to say about this. Uh, if we take a look at the biblical perspective of things, right? Isaiah 55, you don't have to, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it. Verse 8. Uh, 55 verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. And what I'm trying to get you to begin to understand here is I'm telling you that many of us have these external goals and things that we want. But I, I really do believe that the Lord's ways are so much higher that he cares more about the development of the, your character than your end goal. All right? Um, Proverbs kind of tells us a little bit about this mystery of the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. It's a lovely verse, Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. So his ways are so much higher than our ways. Some of us be like, oh, okay, whatever. His ways are so much higher. I'm just not going to contemplate it. No, 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 no. It's the glory of God to actually conceal things from you. But it's a glory of kings, sons and daughters of God, to search out the answer. So honestly, it's actually not quite good enough for you to just be like, ah, God's ways are higher than my ways, whatever. No, we actually are called to search into the matter. And what I believe here is something that is missing in the Western church is one of his desires is to get a bride that is cool, happy, and joyous watching a tree grow. I mean, it's, there's, there's such a self-correction that has to happen here. Look, do you understand that the testimony of Abraham and the promise of Abraham that God has made to Abraham occurred 4,000 years ago? Abraham never got to see the goal. It's still happening. The process is still happening after 4,000 years. The major prophets... 2,500 years ago. The crucifixion, 2,000 years ago. The rebirth of Israel, 73 years ago. It's like actually all of history is waiting for the return of the Lord. And Abraham knew that the Lord was going to come. There is a covenant that bears that promise, but it's been 4,000 years since a promise has been made. See, it's perplexing, right? Proverbs 25, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Lord, why are you delaying? Why are you delaying your return? Why are you delaying my new career? Why are you delaying my house? Why are you delaying whatever thing you're going through? What's the matter that is concealed? I think the answer, and we can see it in our church as it's slowly growing, but growing, that 
the Lord's little delay, quote-unquote, in Scripture may, may be because the Lord is actually more concerned about the process of things than we are. 4,000 years since Abraham. 2,000 years since the crucifixion. Can you come back already? Behold, I'm coming quickly. I think he's got a purpose. We want the goal. We want the end result. The Lord is like, you know what's actually maybe more important than the end result? Is the process of development to get there. We don't want that. We don't want that. His timeline is not ours, and his goal actually may be different than ours. See, the Lord doesn't rush, and trees don't rush in growing. That's why there's a beauty in it. And so I really encourage you. Uh, and Dana, if you can come on up, please. Can you see the beauty, the glory, the divine plan in the process? We all have wants. We all have desires. We all have promises that the Lord has made to us. But why are we so focused on the goal? Why are we in such a rush to get the promise? It's been 2,000 years since his crucifixion. I think it's because largely we're impatient. And I'm a pretty impatient person. But do we not realize that it, in being impatient is actually not a fruit of the Spirit? I think it might be also a little deeper than that. I think that by and large, many of us have a spirit of belief. And it's a spirit of belief of incompleteness. Like, it's like we will feel better and we will feel complete if. If I get the intended goal. If I get the thing. If I get the new house. Or if the Lord gives me the, the, the spiritual promise that he's given me. I believe the Lord is saying that that, that kind of mindset is actually a fallacy. It's a falsehood. You're not incomplete, and then we'll be complete when? Not at all. You are complete in him now. You need to get that. He no longer sees sin in you. You know, I'll be better when I get rid of this sin. Look, look, look. yes, you are in a process of getting rid of those sins in your life. But he already sees you as completed because he sees the blood. Amen. He sees you as a son. He sees you as the actual righteousness of God. You don't need to earn something else. And so if you're holding out, like, if I get X, whether it's something physical, or if I get Y, something that is spiritual, or a reconciliation, or a restoration in your family, if I get there, then it's going to be dot, dot, dot. No, that is a fallacy. You are already. You are already. That is the profound beauty of the simplicity of things. And that's why a general can go to a first-time president, if you will, and say, actually, there are more profound things than a unification of a country, watching the simplicity of a tree grow. God sees you. God sees you this way. He sees you as the righteousness of God. He sees you no longer as a sinner. If God sees you that way, well, now you need to see yourself in the same manner. I'm here to tell you this, if, and look, oh, this is the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, you talk to anyone who's, who knows me, man. I am impatient. I'm ready to storm the next hill. 
Let's go get it. Get after it. But I'm telling you this. I'm really trying to learn some things here. But in this kind of energy today, but by rushing, and the Lord doesn't rush. It's 2,000 years since his crucifixion, and he said he's coming back soon. He's not rushing. If we're always in the rush, if we're always thinking about the end goal and not the process, I'm telling you something, Satan is robbing you of the present thing. In closing up here, I, I want to read this. Just bear with me because I think this is really like the, the linchpin of things. Matthew chapter 6. You, you probably know this here. Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Like, all of this stuff are the external things. It's a very famous portion of Scripture, right? Which of you by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, the nations seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I've, I've read over this scripture, I don't know how many times. I've heard so many messages on it. But I was laboring over this passage. And it just, I've never saw this before. Verse 32, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, the nations, the non-believer, they seek after the money, the clothing, X, Y, and Z, all of the external things. I'm here to tell you that we may be falling into that trap. Maybe not the money, maybe not the clothing or the job, but maybe the external thing is seeing my spouse come to faith. Wait for me here. These are all kind of these external things. The church growing. They're external things. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. The Gentiles seek the external. But, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And I have always been taught Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is like seek the ministry. Seek the growing of the church. Like that's been the primary teaching that I've heard on this. Right? Seek the kingdom. Like devote yourself to the things of the Lord and growing his kingdom and growing his church and all this kind of stuff. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks this week. I was like, oh my goodness. That's probably true, but it's actually not what's really been intended here. Because that's yet another external thing. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What are those things? His righteousness and his kingdom. 
is really the character and the process of being a son and daughter. When it says, seek ye the kingdom, he's not talking about necessarily being a missionary in the third world. He's saying, seek the principles and the processes of the kingdom inside of you. Don't worry about the external world. Worry about what's going inside of you and the righteousness of God. And then what? All these things will be added unto you. Look, the Holy Spirit is really correcting me. Seek first the kingdom of God. Become a pastor. Go be a missionary. Go evangelize. Blah, 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 blah. Those are all good things, and I think there is obviously a place of truth in the scripture for it. But really, the, the intent is here. Will you seek the kingdom and his righteousness, the development of sanctification, and the process thereof inside of your life? The Gentiles seek the physical kingdoms, guys. The nations seek the physical kingdoms. The children of God are like, the kingdom is within every man. Luke says. So develop that. Develop the character. Develop the process of his righteousness inside of you. And then, once you and I are transformed, then the church grows. It's got to begin there. So, the process, not the goal. The process, not the goal. The process, not the goal, assists in the kingdom of righteousness in you. Therefore, the process must become the goal. Come on, people. Growing this church to a larger size is not the goal. What's the goal? The process of us being family. Us being brothers and sisters. Hearing those testimonies. It's the process. God cares about the process, not just the goal. Hence, it's been 2,000 years. And he's enjoying the process. For 2,000 years, he's sitting back and he's like, I could come, but I'm not coming yet. Because I want to see the process of my bride develop into the image of my bride. So I want to encourage you. Goals are not just good. Goals are really needed. But we can't be overcome with whatever goal, whether physical or spiritual, is in our life. The goal of all things is to embrace the process of sanctification and transformation. If we focus just on the external, we will miss the real thing. That is why. That is why it's been 4,000 years since Abraham. That's why it's been 2,500 year, 2, years since the major prophets. And 2,000 years since the crucifixion. There's a process to be transformed. Amen? Why don't we stand up? And I'll tell you what. So far in 41 years of life, I can honestly say there's no better group of people and no greater church that I would want to be a part of to be a part of the process. Okay, let's not get all overwhelmed by the, the goals of, of, of bigger ministry and bigger things. Let's make sure we understand the process of loving one another, of honoring one another, of being a family. Amen? So on behalf of the uh, leadership team here, thank you so much making today so special we really do appreciate you guys um, on so many different levels we're going to keep the uh, 
the sanctuary open for those who would like to come down for some prayer and some ministry time. Um, but the rest of us, if, if you're not just wanting to continue worship, please just head out to the lobby or the cafe. Have a wonderful week. We hope to see you on Wednesday night prayer or next Sunday. So have a blessed week. Thank you once again.